0: Welcome back to the Neuer Shuler podcast. This is a podcast about all things bits and bitting. In today's podcast, we're joined with company founder Heather Hyde as we look into the options available for those who are seeking speed control. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. If you listened to episode four, you will have heard Heather discussing her go-to bits for faster work. And if not, then I'd really highly recommend you go back and give that a listen before we get into today's episode. On our advice line, we've taken numerous calls from exhausted riders desperately seeking speed control. Often, they've methodically worked through the bits for faster work and are still finding themselves losing control, whether this be charging into a jump, running through the transitions in the dressage arena, or simply losing control out hacking. If the horse isn't listening and responding to our aids, it can ultimately be dangerous and there is no shame in needing to seek some more control. On the contrary, it can actually save the mouth in the long run, which is something that we'll get into a little bit later on. Now Heather and I, we work from the same office and I frequently hear her on the advice line. I hear her initially working through her standard questions, gaining as much information as possible about the horse and rider, and then she'll start to address the issue that they may be calling for. And I'm always keen to know more about why she might suggest a certain bit for each situation and what that situation may be. So today, as we're focusing particularly on speed control, I thought it might be nice to have you answer some of the questions that we get on the advice line live on the podcast. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Brilliant. So we'll, we'll get straight into it. Our first question is regarding a lady who is struggling with speed control on the landing after a jump. So, she said, I struggle with my horse, Dylan, on the landing after a jump. He'll get his head down and take advantage of this bolting and bucking which can unseat me. The more unbalanced I become, the more he'll run away from me. He is currently in a trans-angled universal and when schooling on the flat, I'll use the middle ring and to jump I'll move on to the bottom ring. In general, he's not strong, but he does grab a hold of the bit and lean down onto it. I just cannot get his head up after a fence and I'll lose all control, which is very difficult as you can imagine when jumping a course. What would you recommend?
1: Well, initially, um, uh, I gather from this that the lady actually isn't employing the curb strap, which is designed specifically to be used in conjunction with the universal. And to give the horse the benefit of the doubt, which you, we always like to, I would say try the curb strap first. Now, if I'm perfectly honest in this situation, I'm not entirely sure that that is going to be sufficient, but you know, like I say, let's give the horse the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, If it doesn't deliver, then I would suggest staying with the universal, but actually in conjunction with the Waterford mouthpiece. Now, the Waterford mouthpiece is particularly good um, in this situation, Because it does tend to actually, you know, keep the head up. I mean, obviously, on landing, you know, the horse is going to have the head down to some extent. But, you know, the thing is, he's taking advantage. Um, So, really, what she needs to be able to do is get that head back up straight away. And that really should address um, the issue. Again, I would try, um, first of all, without the curb strap. But if she needed to sort of, uh, if she needed that little bit more control, then again, the curb is possibly something um, to add on later.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So another question that we received was, I'd not describe my horse as overly strong, but when we go up into the canter, he'll gradually get faster and faster until I'm unable to bring him back down to trot. He's not bolting as such, but I would describe it as him just not listening to my half-halts or rein aid at all. Do you have any suggestions on a bit that might help me with this? So this horse was actually being ridden in the hunt, turtle top hunter d and she has put a little note on to say that she would prefer to stay dressage legal
1: um i think in this case i would probably recommend the verbindend, um, and i think the 12 mil verbindend, mm-hmm. which is um, a dressage legal diameter and i would also suggest the loose ring because i don 't really think that she'll need the d ring if she has got the control. I think that if she 's got the control, then setting the bend up and turning um, will come naturally but the the twelve mil verbindend is really, really good um, and bearing in mind that you know for dressage we we're working within very strict you know legal parameters regarding what we can use. And I would say that for this particular situation, this is, you know, um, really about as good as it gets. I'm not saying that if this didn't work, that we wouldn't have other options, but I'd be very, very surprised if this didn't tick all the boxes.
0: Okay, that's great. So another question that we got was, I'd like advice for my 15-hand Welsh D. He's currently in a five and a quarter single joint blue ring snaffle. He evades the contact by holding his head very high in the air, particularly in the canter, and he'll gradually speed up. When I eventually do get to bring him back down to the trot, he just rushes through the transition and runs away with me. With his head up in the air, I've got very little control. We compete in mountain and moorland showing classes, and are often told by judges that he'd place a lot higher if he would just relax. I describe him as a little ball of energy. It would, it would be worth mentioning that confirmationally he's got a very short neck that might be another reason that I find it difficult to get him to stretch down. Have you got any suggestions?
1: Well for a start I would take him out of the single joint. I wouldn't necessarily upgrade um, initially I would just take him out of the single joint and put him in the turtle tactio. The single joint generally speaking with a lot of horses um, does have a head raising action. So I would try the loose ring, Turtle Tactio, because if he's in a good outline, then the control should just happen. Mm -hmm. As a backup to that, I would say um, if the lady does obtain the outline and if he still is too strong, then the Turtle Tactio Pelham would be an ideal choice. And obviously in the shore ring you do have to ride um, on two reins.
0: It's really funny you say that because I was actually going to ask you um, about a, a very similar situation for myself so I'd uh, kill two birds with one stone that one. So we've been asked, I need advice. I'm an experienced rider and I've invented up to 3 star in the past but now that I'm getting a little bit older I was looking for a horse that I could just enjoy with no aspirations to compete. The horse that I purchased from a local dealer is a 9 year old 16 hand Irish sport horse. When I first purchased him he was wonderful. And now, a year later, he started bolting with me in the arena and out on hacks. It's very difficult for me to bring him back to me, and I'm just losing all enjoyment of riding for fear that he's going to bolt. I'm currently riding him in an ordinary pelham with two reins. If you have any suggestions, it would be greatly appreciated.
1: Um, I think we have to take on board that this is a very experienced lady, because generally speaking, under these circumstances, if somebody wasn't experienced, um, I would be... Um, asking them, you know, were they working, you know, with a really good trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously this is an experienced lady. Now the fact that she's riding with two reins um, is really good because, you know, we could think about um, a -a hackamore and a bit and, you know, they would be totally independent. Um, We could think about possibly a -a hackamore with a longer shank um, in order to, you know, amplify what we're saying, you know, increasing, you know, the lever action. Um, so we'd have more help you know on the pawland on the nose. Um, the hackamore, generally speaking with the hackamore, you do lose some turning. Sometimes um, the turning is extremely difficult. So you know, the hackamore to bring him back, and then a nice, mild snaffle um, to reward him, and that we could use um, actually for turning. I would also ask if there was a trigger um you know when did this start to happen is it just because now you know he's um physically fitter maybe it's when he was in a dealer's yard um he might have been a little bit on the poor side this happens all the time you know people buy a horse and then you know it gets well fed and everything else and it it you know it's a different it's a different animal really um But I would want to know if there's any trigger and I would really want to know, you know, how it started. Um, And even though this is a very experienced lady, I would ensure, I would really ask and dig down, you know, um, what checks she'd had done regarding, you know, the saddle, um, his back, um, the sternum, and, and, and absolutely, you know, everything else. Because it may just be that, um it we have known it i have known it several times where it's been a case of suddenly the horse being you know um very very uncomfortable and reacting to that so you know this is um this is one where we would definitely want to know that all of the checks had been carried out from a comfort um perspective and i would also um advise that she did a lot of work in the arena to take the tickles out of his feet before she actually did hack out. Is he better on his own or is he better with other horses? Generally speaking, when we have a horse bolting like this, um, they're usually good, um, you know, with a few friends. And then with a few friends, they can get the confidence um, and get comfortable Mm -hmm. um, out on some familiar hacks.
0: Yeah, and I think something you've uh, spoken to me before in the past is sometimes horses can actually feel more secure in sort of maybe um a little bit of a, a better bit so I
1: think I think yeah that that that's very true. Um you know many, many times um when we do upgrade, um because the whole point is once a horse has gone, you know, once the adrenaline is kicked in, if you don't actually get him back within the first three strides then it can be um, it can be very difficult, so you need to get him back almost instantly, because once they've gone and you know the adrenaline has kicked in and they're in you know flight mode, um, they've forgotten what the hell they were running away from in the first place yes. um, so yeah, um but they can you know once they know and it's working within boundaries, it's actually knowing that you're the leader and knowing. Um, you know, that there are those boundaries. And to be fair, we're talking about consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're talking about, but but obviously, like we said in the first podcast, you know, we talked about the fact that when you're introducing, um, you know, these bits, you know, that are going to give us more control, we introduce them in a very humane um, and a very methodical fashion. So we work up. And we find out, you know, how much force do we need to put through the rain? Because obviously, you know, our rain aids being amplified.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another point I would just say is um a story, it's a little bit off topic, but a story you told me a few days ago, which I find really interesting, when you were watching a, a girl do a lovely dressage test, like a novice dressage test, and then she came to the end of the test, and she dropped the rain. And the horse just bolted out out the arena. And I think that's is that something that you would class as the horse just felt like there was no rider there? Exactly,
1: yeah. And, I mean, I, I knew what was going to happen. Um, in fact, I kind of um, said, oh, and then uh, another word followed. Um, because she literally, she'd done a lovely test. Um, she was walking toward the exit. Um, she literally, she'd completely dropped her reins. You could see the horse thinking, where the hell have you gone? And uh-huh. um, And it went.
0: Yeah. So some just so feel secure Exactly, the rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, moving on to the next one. So next viewer we asked, I'd like advice from my sixteen hand Dutch Warmblood. He's extremely strong in each gate, and although I am an experienced rider, I've exhausted options for the best bit for him. He's built like a bull with a very strong set neck and as he was cut late. He's currently been ridden in the Waterford Pelham, and before that he was ridden in an ordinary Pelham. And although the switch into the Waterford did help with the leaning, he is still very strong in each gate. Is there a bit that you might think would be better suited?
1: Um, actually, the swales does um, spring to mind, the swales pelham. Um, I think that we're going um, along the right road um, with the pelham. Um, obviously, the swales uh, does need to be ridden with two reins. Um, but the swales actually takes away the pole pressure. And it, again, it does discourage the leaning. But generally speaking, it is um, much more beneficial in this situation than the Waterford Pelham. um, Insofar as it generally gives a lot more control. Um, And in particular, it is used in the show ring, funnily enough. You know, the horses that are produced for the show ring, they also have, um, you know, they have an amazing top line. Uh um, You know, and and necks like balls. And although in the show ring, some judges don't particularly like the swales, I mean, I, I don't understand why, um, if the horse is, you know, happy and responsive and if it's saving the mouse. um, This lady actually isn't showing anyway, so that isn't something that we need to consider. No. Um, so I would say the swales, and I'd be very, very surprised if the swales actually didn't tick all the boxes.
0: Right. That's a good one.
1: So I think we've got time for just one more.
0: So finally, a gentleman asked, I need advice. I'm currently working at a good level at office Dressage, but I'm struggling to get my horse to relax and come up through the shoulder and through from behind. I'm currently riding her in a French link. However, it takes me a good 25 to 30 minutes to warm up, both at competitions and at home. And it's not just me. My trainer has the exact same issues when, when riding her. Is there anything that you could suggest? Thanks in advance.
1: I would suggest that you have a conversation with your trainer, um, regarding doubles, okay. because, you know, um, if you're working, you know, at a good novice level um, and you're ready for elementary and, you know, both you and your trainer are struggling, mm-hmm. then I would say that doubles would be um, definitely an option that um, that you should consider. And I really do think that this would work for you. Um, and the other thing I would say is don't necessarily... Um, you know, put her back in an ordinary snaffle. You don't want to be in your doubles all the time, you know, because you want to use your doubles, you know, sparingly. Um, and we have talked about how to introduce the doubles, but you know, I would say in the interim to even school, you know, to train in, I would suggest the universal, written um, on two reins with a curb strap. Because, I mean, you know, the thing is, we kind of think, oh, I'm not ready for my doubles. But, you know, you're clearly knackered after 25, 30 minutes and the horse is knackered. And you've got no real quality working time left. Um, You know, you've got no energy left for any really, really good quality work. So I would say doubles, potentially the little team up, the 12 mil team up um with a slimmer with a slimmer um curb Mm -hmm. and i would be very very surprised if you know when we all do get back together and we all get you know competing Uh um i'd be very surprised if you're not you know sailing up very very easily through elementary
0: yeah because that's something you've heard quite a bit isn't it people are more advanced in their training than they are in the competition experience
1: well, I think I think you have to be. I mean, you always need to be working one level above at home anyway, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the um, discipline is, um, because things are always more difficult. And uh, you know, um, at competition. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing I would say is, you know, in doubles, um, you know, horses, generally speaking, they are much, much more relaxed, much more confident.
0: Mm-hmm. So they feel more secure.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would just like to kind of conclude by saying, you know, we, you know, we couldn't sort of touch on um, every, you know, scenario. Um, you know, sometimes we, the speed control will happen if we can achieve a correct outline. Um, and there are many, many bits that will actually help us um, to achieve a correct outline. So it isn't even a case of upgrading. But one thing I would like to say is we need, you know, if a horse is, you know, acting out of character, then, you know, we must give it the benefit of the doubt and follow through with, you know, any, you know, discuss it with our vet, discuss it with our physio, saddle fitter, um, you know, whatever. Because if they're suddenly acting out of character, then generally speaking, you know, it is through discomfort and, you know, there aren't many ways that they can actually um, let us know. Um, But... The other thing I would say is, it doesn't happen very often, but occasionally we actually aren't together with the right horse. We're not together with the right partner. And, you know, this is something I have to be very diplomatic, you know, regarding. Because obviously, you know, we do love our horses. Um, Many, many times I will suggest that a rider does get in touch, you know, with a really, really good trainer because... You know, it actually isn't a bidding issue, you know, it is a training issue, and I have said this previously, but I, I can't say it enough times, there's no substitute for basic training. If the horse doesn't understand the aids, and the rider doesn't know how to apply them, then actually upgrading in order to achieve a result is going to be, A, unfair to the horse, and B, detrimental.
0: So if you'd like any advice or would like to be featured on future podcasts, then please do contact us by the telephone, website or on Facebook. Our website really is very informative and also that is a place that you can find our online bidding questionnaire. In our next episode, we're going to be turning our attention to the dressage arena, discussing all things from dressage legal bits, competition experience and the effect of COVID-19 on the dressage world. So if you're into your dressage, then again, we'd really love to hear from you. So all that's left to say is thank you to Heather for sharing your wealth of knowledge today. It's a pleasure. Thank you to the listeners and we will be back with another episode soon. Bye for now.
1: Bye bye.